From uh, about 15 years on up, uh, a great deal of my thoughts were uh, basically unshareable. We are all evil in some form or another. Yes, I am not 100%, but I am evil. My mother was a, a sick, angry, hungry, and very sad woman. I hated her, but I wanted to love my mother. This is Serial Killing, a podcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello again, and welcome to Serial Killing, a podcast where we also veer off the serial killer path to delve into other topics within our beloved true crime community. Special thanks to some of my patrons, Sonia, Dan, Maya, Galen, Linda, Teresa, my dear three Emmas, Jessica, Lady Janice, Marie, Elena, Alethea, John, Nanette, Rachel, Sophie, Whitney, David, Catherine, Trudy, Stacy, and Holly. Thank you so much. You are truly appreciated. And for anyone else, please feel free to join my patron. Like, share, subscribe, it just might help our little community grow. And if you happen to watch on YouTube and also use Spotify, consider watching on Spotify instead as they have been kind enough to sponsor me and, well, we all know how YouTube treats us. But my podcasts are all written with a listener only in mind, so nothing is missed. This week's podcast will be part two of my two-part series on Roman Polanski. If you haven't listened to the first half, go back and give it a listen as it was about his childhood all the way through Sharon's murder. And I find that at least his childhood into his early teen years to be pivotal when it comes to his overall story. This half comes with my disclaimer disclaimer as it will be a bit more disturbing. So keep that in mind. With that said, let's get into it. So after Sharon's murder, Roman was devastated, as I imagine any of us would be. He was correct in describing her as basically never knowing a stranger, that her beauty wasn't just visual, but she was just a beautiful and kind person, and I believe that he did love her. She had been carrying his child, his firstborn son, we have to assume that he had finally been able to feel relaxed and comfortable, safe, after the childhood he had spent in constant fear, surrounded by death, and yet, just like his pregnant mother had been, his wife had also been taken from him, murdered brutally. But as much as we would like to feel as though he took his time to grieve and mourn the loss of his family that he was about to have, it would not seem as though he did. He took to bed many teenage girls. He wrote in his autobiography, quote, It was now that Kathy, Madeline, Sylvia, and others whose names I forget played a fleeting but therapeutic role in my life 
they were all between 16 and 19 years old, schoolgirls no longer, but not yet worldly wise women with professional or marital ambitions, end quote. He admittedly picked them up from a finishing school in Switzerland, quote, Sometimes, while waiting at the wheel with the engine idling for warmth's sake, I would wonder what the hell I was doing there. End quote. But Roman would say that he had a very high sex drive and that he felt that it fueled most of his ambition, energy, and creativity. But after he took some time off, he went back to making movies and, in 1973, began working on the movie Chinatown for Paramount Pictures. He later admitted that he styled the lead actress, Faye Dunaway, much like how his own mother had dressed and presented herself before the war. The movie also starred Jack Nicholson, and it went on to be nominated for 11 Academy Awards. This would be the last movie Roman would direct in the United States. After the major success of Chinatown, Roman was living in Los Angeles and agreed to do a photo shoot layout for French Vogue in 1977. And it should come as no surprise that it featured very beautiful and very young ladies. One in particular that caught his eye was 13-year-old Samantha Gailey. At this point, Roman was now 44 years old. Let me set the scene. Roman asked Samantha's mother, who was an actress and a model, so you'd think she would have known better, if he could photograph her daughter for French Vogue, and she agreed to let him. During the first photo shoot, Roman began asking her to take her shirt off, and though she later said it made her very uncomfortable, she nonetheless complied. After, he requested another shoot with her. She later said that she had not wanted to do the second one, but agreed to do it. The photo shoot took place at actor Jack Nicholson's house, though he was in Colorado at the time. Jack was seeing Angelica Houston, who had been around but hadn't initially seen the young model. Samantha testified that he began taking photos of her drinking real champagne. Then he had her take a part of a quaalude, which is a sedative, and before she knew it, she was feeling funny, and Roman asked her to lie down on the bed. She protested and made herself quite clear that she wanted no part of what she figured out was going to happen, but that didn't matter. He raped her, 13 years old, friends. During this horrid act, Angelica became suspicious as to why they had been in that bedroom alone for so long and came knocking on the door. When she didn't get an immediate response, she began banging on the door, demanding to know what was going on. Roman announced that they were finishing up a photo shoot and would be out soon. Angelica walked away. Roman wrote in his autobiography that it had been consensual and that he had not drugged her. Regardless, he was arrested and charged with drugging and raping the girl and was ordered to have a psychiatric evaluation for 90 days at the California Institution for Men. 
Before he was sent there, he was granted special permissions to travel to Europe to finish the film he was working on, but then he was to come back for that evaluation. But while there in Europe, he was photographed with his arms on and around many young girls with mugs of beer around him. Once he returned to California, he was released from the institution after 42 of the 90 days, expecting to be given probation. Roman's lawyer stated that the judge had suggested he might send Roman to prison and order him to be deported after he saw the pictures of Roman in Europe at Oktoberfest. Once Roman learned of this, he fled first to England, then to France, where he knew he would not be extradited back to the United States. And yes, technically, France can refuse to extradite its own citizens. And remember, he was born there. The next year, he granted an interview where he stated, quote, If I had killed somebody, it wouldn't have had so much appeal to the press, you see. But, fucking, you see, judges want to fuck young girls. Juries want to fuck young girls. Everyone wants to fuck young girls. End quote. Needless to say, this did not go over very well. But it was said that he was completely amazed that anyone could go to jail for this offense in America. And this was the 1970s. And attitudes about sex were still different then. Roman is European, after all, and the age of consent here can range from 13 to 16. Now, I am in no way trying to justify his actions. I am most certainly not. In an interview with Clive James in 1983, Roman said, quote, I like young women. Let's put it this way. I think most men do, actually. Here you come to a concrete case for which I have been behind bars, and that's what you want to talk about? It was an afternoon, and I was about to make a series of photographs of young girls of that age for a French magazine called Vogue, and I found it quite an interesting enterprise, because I like girls of this age, and because the girls of that age, for some reason, liked me, and just went a little too far with this girl. And it happened one afternoon after I photographed her. The day after, I was stopped in the lobby of the hotel where I was staying in Los Angeles by a man who identified himself as a Los Angeles policeman. I was then booked, and the proceedings started. After almost a year of tremendous struggle and hardship, as you can probably imagine, and you may remember, of being on every page of every possible newspaper and magazine, eventually the judge who was in charge of the case decided to send me to a prison in California for a so-called psychiatric evaluation. So I went to Chino Prison, and then the judge told my lawyer and the district attorney that he hopes that a report will be positive and that I will get probation. It was very positive, and then he called it a whitewash. So he found some other provision under which he could put me back and then decide when I will be released. And at that time, I thought there was no more point to endure it, and I just left. As you know, it was quite a splash. Looking back at it, it probably was bound to happen, yes. 
It was bound to happen, although, on my part, it was done with all innocence. I have to point out that the girl has testified before the grand jury to previous sexual experiences. She told me how far back it was. There was no point of talking about it, but there is the fact that there were other men in her life that nobody else had the same problems that I had, which means my profiles may be such that it attracts more attention. If it was somebody absolutely unknown to the press or to the public, he may not have had the same problems. Most of the people in the state of California are guilty of similar crimes since the age of consent in that state is 18, and it is very difficult to find someone who did not have a sexual experience before reaching this age. So that means that there are a lot of lawbreakers. With me, it was a bit more extreme, of course, because the girl was two weeks short of 14. But if you had seen her sitting here next to me, you wouldn't be particularly shocked by it. As a matter of fact, you would find it completely normal. I knew she was 14 because she was talking about her birthday before that. It's again a question of, if you think of the United States, there are states where the age of consent is 12 in the United States. So you see, there are other countries. It varies from country to country. It's very easy to say, no, you should have thought about it before. But if you find yourself with a girl in a certain situation, you don't exactly think of it. I'm very careful now. End quote. When the interviewer began to ask harder questions, Roman became a bit defensive, stating, quote, What do you call young girls? I mean, everybody else goes with young girls. Go to any nightclub or restaurant, you will see the age difference. What do you mean young girls? Do you mean children or do you mean young girls? In France, it's 15, for example. End quote. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, other girls who had been in their early teens eventually came forward, accusing Roman of raping them as well. Actress Charlotte Lewis gave an interview for the YouTube channel Real Women, Real Stories, where she said Roman Polanski raped her when she was 16 years old. He had been 50 years old at the time. Quote, First time he met me, he was really nice. Even though he was much older, he managed to talk to me in a way that made me feel very comfortable. He managed in a short period of time to get information out about myself, that I didn't have a father, that I didn't have a brother or an uncle or a grandfather, and that my mother's boyfriend I didn't like. So I felt quite relaxed and we went for dinner. After the dinner, that was when Roman raped me. He'd given me a pill because I was very upset, and that was to calm me down. It was a lot of shaming me into doing something that I didn't want to do, actually forcing me 
pushing me, pushing my head, doing things I hadn't done. He got angry with me because I was so shy. I remember being told that if you're not a big enough girl to have sex with me, then you're not a big enough girl to do the screen test and that you have to be a big girl because it's a big responsibility and it's time to grow up now and be a woman. He was very abusive to me verbally on the film set and hit me really hard once on the film set, slapped me so hard across the face that there was a handprint. I, for some reason, really wanted to do well for him. I really wanted him to say, good girl, end quote. And yet, in 1999, Charlotte gave a very different story about her and Roman's relationship. She gave the UK's News of the World an interview where she said that she and Roman had had a six-month affair when she was 17. In the interview, she had said, quote, I knew that Roman had done something bad in the United States, but I wanted to be his mistress. I wanted him probably more than he wanted me, end quote. She didn't mention any sexual abuse and said that their affair ended when Roman had introduced her to actor Warren Beatty and she began an affair with him instead. She also later said, quote, I'd love to have had a romantic relationship with Roman and a physical one. You can't help falling in love with him, but he didn't want me that way, end quote. So we have very strikingly different accounts. Interpret that information as you will. And there are more stories just like these, and yet Roman remained a celebrated movie maker. Roman settled into life in France and continued to make movies. In 1988, when Roman was 55, Samantha sued him in a civil lawsuit and was granted an undisclosed settlement. Years later, in 2008, Samantha stated that she did not wish for him to be held to further punishment or consequences. If you want more information, she wrote a memoir titled, quote, The Girl, A Life in the Shadow of Roman Polanski. She has also said, quote, I'm not damaged and he's not a monster. He's just a man who made a mistake. People make mistakes. They do bad things. If I've done something bad and I've hurt somebody, I certainly hope that they would forgive me. And that just gets lost in this talk of he's a horrible monster and you have to stay damaged because this terrible thing happened to you. And if you're not damaged or you're forgiving, then you're just encouraging people to do bad things. That's not true. Being able to recover from being sexually assaulted does not mean that it's okay. You're not condoning sexual assault. I'm not going to be all torn up inside just because people want me to be, end quote. At the tender age of 52, he met actress Emmanuel Seigner, 19 at the time, and they began dating. You might know her from his movie, The Ninth Gate, though he directed her in a few other films as well. They got married when he was 55 and she was 22, and they now have two children together, Morgan, who is now an actress, and a son they named Elvis. In 2009, while in Switzerland, Roman was arrested at the request of the United States authorities. 
The arrest brought new attention to his case and stirred renewed controversy in the U.S. and in Europe. Believe it or not, Roman was defended by many highly regarded people, including many celebrities, politicians, and artists who demanded his release. But does that really come as any surprise to any of us? That the rich and famous elite want a sexual predator to be free. In fact, none other than Harvey Weinstein himself organized a petition demanding the, quote, immediate release of Roman Polanski after his arrest. It is important to note that public polls in Poland and France were in favor of him being extradited back to the states and the court of public opinion in America were reportedly not in his favor either. He was in jail for a couple of months and then released under house arrest. The next year, the Swiss did reject the U.S.'s request for extradition and then declared him a free man. In fact, his name is no longer on Interpol's wanted list. And ever since, he has been in and out of legal cases, nearly all from the original child rape case or related to something involving it somehow. In 2011, the now 78-year-old Roman apologized to Samantha, stating, quote, She is a double victim, my victim and a victim of the press, end quote. He has won many awards, and yet in 2018, he was removed from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. And then in 2021, Roman was charged in France for defamation. Charlotte, the actress we talked about earlier, when she accused him of sexual abuse, Roman labeled her a liar. And apparently the charges of defamation are automatic and his lawyer stated Roman was not at all concerned about the outcome again citing the things she had said about him in prior interviews that were altogether positive. The latest news on Roman is that, reported this month, July 2022, Los Angeles prosecutors have asked for Roman's indictment documents to be unsealed. Roman himself has asked for the documents to be declassified because they allegedly contain statements by the prosecutor that reveal formal flaws and malpractice on the part of the judge on his original case. Roman is now 89 years old. So while Roman had a childhood, none of us could really understand. He became rich and famous at a fairly young age with an undeniable talent for making artful and impactful movies. It seems pretty common that women, even young women, would flock to him because he was, again, rich and famous. We can't really fault him for living in the parlance of his times. I personally don't care how many women he slept with because that is none of my business. It becomes an issue when he is sexually attracted to younger teenage girls. This is specifically known as a febophilia. This is the primary sexual interest in mid to late adolescence, generally aged between 15 and 19. 
Mid to late adolescents typically have physical characteristics near or identical to that of legal adults. Because of this, some argue that this isn't as bad as people make it out to be since they stayed older adolescents are reproductively viable and the fact that typically men are sexually attracted to older adolescents, as studies have shown. Many believe that men are not necessarily biologically programmed to be attracted to teenage girls. It heavily depends on how developed they are and what their visual age looks like. Then once they find out they are younger than they appear, they move on. But evolution favors men who are attracted to healthy and fertile females. The issue is that even though only a few generations ago, people were getting married in their teens and having children young, society has changed. Life expectancy has also changed. Society now requires more than just biological capability. Society now requires more than just biological capability. It needs the maturity to be able to maneuver the social constructs of today's society. But the hard truth that Roman seems not to grasp is that a 13-year-old girl is just not capable of understanding what she is getting into. Early teen girls watch older teen girls and young adult women in the media or even in their schools and how they behave and carry themselves, and they want to emulate that. They are just beginning to sort of awaken to their sexual being. Interests and their hormones begin to shift. They are beginning to feel attractions that their underdeveloped brains are just not capable of fully understanding. They have very big feelings that they aren't mature enough to filter through and make informed decisions about. And no matter how much Roman expressed that, had any of us seen Samantha sitting next to him somewhere, we'd have thought nothing of it. That is simply not true. She was very visually, obviously, quite underage. He defends his attraction to young teens by saying that they look like a woman, but still have the innocence he desires, that they have not known other lovers. He expressed that girls in the 18-year-old range, well, it's much harder to find them that have not had a number of former lovers, and that's also not entirely true. Again, his childhood was unimaginable, and the murder of his wife and unborn child would have also been beyond comprehension. For those... I feel for him. I can also recognize that he is a brilliant filmmaker. Does any of this excuse his actions toward at least Samantha, if not others? Absolutely not. Not to me, anyway. The simple truth is that he took advantage of a young girl who, no matter what she said or didn't say, was in no way mature enough to contemplate that kind of decision. Period. Full stop he displayed predatory behaviors. Do we truly think this is a biological drive? And even if that is so, why can it not be controlled if the predator knows it is wrong? This is of course the question for nearly all of the people we discuss in this community. But tell me guys, what do you think? 
leave me a comment below or you can DM me on Instagram at serial underscore killing. All of my contact information is in the notes. But most importantly, thank you so much for listening because I know you could be listening to anyone else, but you chose me and I really appreciate that. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great day. Anybody who killed more than two or three people was a mass murderer. And whether it was all at one place or over an extended period of time, and then uh, in the early 80s, they came up with this differentiation called serial killing. 